This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to the 327th episode of News Laundry Hafta along with running podcast. We bring you today's hafta from office actually at least two of us are in office that is Manisha and me. Hi Manisha. Hello. And joining us is our producer Aditya and our wonderful sound recordist Anil. hopefully we'll get them vaccinated so raman sir is in his house hi raman sir hi also joining us on the phone line is samrat hi samrat hi uh, many of you would have been reading his pieces on news laundry he is an author and a journalist he's the former editor of daily newspapers in india's major metros delhi mumbai and bangalore he is truly cosmopolitan he has <laughs> you know lived all over the country his first novel called the urban jungle was published by penguin books in 2011 Uh, some of his literary essays and short stories have appeared in translations in german spanish italian and portuguese so not only is he cosmopolitan he's international cosmopolitan <laughs> his latest publication is a uh, edited anthology titled insider outsider and it's on the issue with the regarding the northeast parts of india of which he is one of the two editors he has recently relaunched east wind an independent quarterly for the northeastern part of india it's uh, in collaboration with the founder Nona Arhe did i pronounce that correctly yeah 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 so do check out uh, east wind uh, and welcome samrat where are you right now i am in kolkata right so you shall be talking to us about the big news of the week and joining us is our wonderful colleague jayashree arunachalam she is in chennai hi jayashree how are you hi everyone i'm good right we are recording this hafta on the 6th of may which is a thursday at 3 in the afternoon so Uh, let's start off with the headlines. Jashree, can you please do the honors? Yeah. So, assembly elections have concluded in four states and one union territory. Mamta Banerjee has taken oath as the West Bengal Chief Minister amidst violence that led to the death of an estimated 20 people. At News Laundry, we cover this. So, please read the report by Snigdendu. Uh, I think nine people were BJP supporters, eight were TMC supporters. One was a member of the ISF, one CPIM, and the other had no political affiliations. Actress Kangana Ranaut's Twitter profile has been permanently suspended for the repeated violation of Twitter rules. So, as of Thursday, 3 p.m., 3,980 people have died of COVID in India in the past 24 hours. 24 patients also died of oxygen shortage in a Karnataka hospital, while 13 patients died at a Chengalpet hospital in Tamil Nadu after a disruption in oxygen supply. In Delhi's Batra hospital, 12 people died due to an oxygen shortage. Meanwhile the IPL 2021 has been postponed indefinitely on account of covid infections within teams high time in my opinion the serum institute's adar punawala is now in london after citing threats from powerful people which he said in an interview i think to the times uh, serum now plans to invest over 2400 crores in the uk the supreme court has stayed the high court's contempt proceedings against the center and has sought a report on the supply of 700 mt of oxygen to delhi The RBI has announced of 50,000 crore liquidity for emergency healthcare. In Uttar Pradesh, a teachers' union has said that over 700 teachers died of COVID during the UP Panchayat poll duty. Uh, we covered this. Our reporter Akasha Kumar from Gorakhpur, I think, where 44 teachers died, and the family said that COVID protocols were not enforced. In fact, do uh, see our reports of Akanksha, uh, Ayush, Basan, Shivangi, and, Basan. and Shivangi. Uh, they are out there on the ground in UP, bringing you uh, reports on uh, how this pandemic is playing out. 
you can catch it on our YouTube channel. So please go there and yeah. check it We've out. We've also filed it under the website on a special section called uh, UP COVID Disaster. So just check that out. Uh, according to a scroll report, 300 tons of foreign aid to India was not distributed for five days. Karnataka and Tamil Nadu have joined six other states in declaring journalists as frontline workers, which means they'll get priority for vaccination. In Bangalore, Tejasvi Surya has brought in a communal angle in an attempt to expose corruption in hospital bed allocation. No, he's something else, man. I'm, I just, I'm just blown away yeah, by it. So I feel like we should discuss this because yes. it's... Quite sh- extraordinary. We should, yeah. In Maharashtra, over 400 Maratha families boycotted 30 Buddhist families for praising Ambedkar. This is happening in the same week that the Supreme Court has quashed the Maharashtra law that grants reservation to the Maratha community. And that is the major news of the week. And uh, in other very exciting news, the United States has backed a patent IP waiver, whatever it's called. What what waiver is it? It'll just come to me I'm, as usual. Struggling for words. Um, I think it's called the um, basically the waiver of the process patent uh, of the vaccine patents because they said at a time like this and there are special powers I think with the WTO where this if there's the patent waiver then you know this vaccine can be manufactured by other labs by other pharma companies that don't have the rights uh, or the IP of that formula. This is quite unprecedented, right? Yes, it's unprecedented because usually you'd think America... I mean, I do believe Trump's America, he would never waive this because business is everything and if they have the IP, they will not be able... They have to be able to make profit, etc. I mean, of course, that's not the final word. I think there has to be consensus among all the countries. At least the, the technicalities on that, we shall try to write a piece on. In fact, my... Wonderful producer, Ditya, just hand me a phone which gave me an electric shock. And it says... I thought you were like, careful, oh, I mustn't touch like an unsanitized one. No, I was no, like, no. wow, man, just, so impressive. I got an electric shock. So it says, the US approves temporary waiver of patent protection rules on COVID vaccine proposed by India. And we had actually proposed it. So uh, I, I guess if it works, I have no problem if Mr. Modi decides to take credit and say, see, my friend... What's his name? Biden? Kapela naam kya? Joe. My friend Ob- Obama and Joe and Donald... Listen to me, so, but uh, yeah, if this happens, uh, the whole world can get vaccinated a lot sooner. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, those are the headlines. So we will be discussing, one is of course the cases in the Supreme Court and the High Court. Briefly, I think everyone should be aware of what is happening in the courts of India, which seem to have taken over, uh, you know, governance, because clearly the centre has said that we can't do this. Um, We'll discuss the horrible behavior of Tejasvi Surya, which is consistent with his behavior as far as I've been following him. You know, though, in the middle, I was a bit, because there was some handle saying that hats off to Tejasvi, young guy, helping out everyone so much. So I was a bit suspicious. I was like, how is is this guy? Because IYC was doing a lot of work, right? So I thought maybe this is just a counter thing to IYC. It was totally a counter. Like, it was pushed by lots of BJP handles and stuff on Twitter. To sort of praise him as soon as Srinivas started getting praised. We'll discuss this. We'll give you that a little background on this as well. But let's start off with Bengal. And we'll also discuss a mini storm that uh, our wonderful Manisha caused on Twitter. Oh, uh, which which has which is still swirling. Little eddies of the storms <laughs> are still swirling around on, on social media. And, I'm, uh, I'm severely regretting not adding it as a top headline of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, 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 but on this one, I'm sure every one of this panel will have a different take. I, I don't see a consistent take on this. But let's start with Bengal election because uh, Samrat is here, and I'm sure he's. First of all, Samrat, you've been in Bengal for how long now? Since when? When did you go there, and you've been camping out since when? Uh, 2019 Pujo, Durga Pujas. So one and a half years. Oh, so you've seen this unfold in like slow mo over there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little about the Bengali press because while 
someone gets in a vote and that's all fine it's important that there is some sort of ankush from the media or is the bhakti for mamta the same as bhakti for modi that now that she's in power no one is going to question her at least in local media i mean it doesn't matter what rahul shiv shankar and arnab sitting in the bombay studios say will yeah. is, is there enough of a voice in bengal to hold her accountable there is definitely polarization you know on all sides and uh, so basically it's the delhi based or noida based studios which project one kind of uh, unreality and uh, then that produces an opposite in bengal and uh, so a large section of the calcutta media is probably more lenient on her than they would have been in the past in the past uh, you know many of these people were not very fond of mamta they, they would have been uh, closer to the congress or the left but uh, they've sort of made their peace with her because basically now the bjp is seen as the biggest thug around and uh, uh, so it and and they keep sort of projecting all kinds of lies those lies eventually become something that perhaps hurts the bengali identity to some extent and that is why you will see people uh, sort of rallying even when they don't really like mamta because it's it's just uh, you know it's it's just something that seems like this bunch of people sitting in you know in noida studios or in lower parel studios were out to you know get, get her and get the bengalis as a group almost and in fact in news media with the 20 deaths where you had nine who claimed were bjp supporters and eight who were supposed to be tmc the news media in delhi didn't talk about the tmc workers who died it was just that bjp workers are being punished and in fact like isf and cpi was also there but most of the rhetoric was just ki tmc you know i mean of course the the blame mostly i guess rests with tmc goons because there's also the left and the isf that's being attacked i don't know if it could be bjp but it's bengal so it could be anything but you know still i mean there are it's a political violence that's affected all parties but until the time she's sworn in who is the police reporting to i mean if someone is to help election behind, commission so it is the election commission that is heading the police force until her swearing in but is that just a formality and the cops are not going to listen to the election commission and th- therefore there was a free run like if you were to pin this on somebody who would you pin it on as far as law and order is concerned well i mean i saw uh, the governor mr dhankar put out a tweet with his own picture sitting with the dgp and the commissioner of police so he was clearly directly issuing instructions to those gentlemen so he seems to have taken a hands on charge of you know the state of affairs before she was sworn in why bengal gets more coverage is also because bengal was more of a competition i mean there was literally no contest in tamarnad so exit polls predicted that the dmk would win and the dmk did win but not with the margin that people thought it kind of makes you wonder that if the dmk had worked out its alliance maths sort of better in 2016 they could have possibly won that election as well but what i found most interesting is uh, so this is actually one of my recommendations which is the hindu has been uh, reporting on the csts uh, post poll survey which they've been covering in detail and everything indicates that the bjp was a liability for the admk this is something that people said from the beginning and the election result has sort of borne it out because the admk alliance did far worse in bjp contested seats than in seats contest- contested by any other people and uh, yeah so in terms of celebration yeah the I mean the election commission got very angry and said that party workers shouldn't have congregated and burst fireworks and social distancing and all that but it was a done thing it wasn't 
the Tamil Nadu election was actually one that I wasn't really following on the day of results because it was just something that we sort of anticipated. And uh, the swearing in in Tamil Nadu, when are we expecting that? And just uh, just to tell our audience that 234 seats in the Tamil Nadu Assembly, uh, 159 are with uh, the alliance, which is the DMK alliance, which has the communists and it has the Congress. Uh, DMK has 133 seats and the Congress has 18. and the nda aidmk has 66 and bjp has 4 and pmk has 5 so it is i mean it is quite i mean why is this not a sweep it's it's pretty big yeah it's pretty big no i think they assumed that that admk would do much worse so this is why the numbers aren't being called a sweep in terms of that the congress i should say has done better than it did last time like i think in 2016 it contested in 41 and won in 8 but like you said this time it one in 18 so it is doing better the bjp i think is one in 4 so it's entering the assembly for the first time in like 20 years but it won those seats as a result of its alliance with the ADMK like i think we should be very frank on its own i don't think the bjp would have carried any weight whatsoever uh, but the stars lost huh are uh, kamal hasan listen that's something we've all been saying from the beginning but yes. nobody was listening to us like yes. kamal hasan was never really going to he never really had a chance it was a close contest though i will give him that it was a very close contest the submissions of the council that represents the central government i mean the kind of things they say stop being cry babies don't behave like a jilted girlfriend or something like that you know these are the kind of this is in court what your solicitor general like attorney general tushar what what is his so these are the kind of submissions made then on the one hand they say that the lieutenant governor is the government then they say no this they have to deal with it directly if i'm not wrong delhi has around four cryogenic tankers of its own which are hardly enough to get liquid oxygen all over the city the center is saying we will tell delhi where it is available they can pick it up themselves Uh, when the chief minister put out an ad that any private limited company or any public limited company or any industry that has their own cryogenic tankers please can you give it to us we would like to use them because you don't have enough tankers the center said you can't do that this is you know if you start doing this people will feel bullied you can bully industries into giving you tankers so you can't put out stuff like this so it's as if that the center is doing everything it can to make sure delhi doesn't get a share of oxygen yeah yeah there's no other way of reading it so do check out live law and bar and bench and see just how the center is arguing this in court and you you can be on any side those arguments will tell you a lot about the seriousness of wanting to solve the issue and all this while there's sos messages from hospitals on oxygen i mean every 2 to 3 hours there's some hospital or the other that's saying that they're going to run out of oxygen it's really yeah so it's very dire any comments on this before we move on to the tejasvi story uh, jashri uh, uh, and and raman sir and uh, samrat uh, jashri go first yeah so i mean i think all this is a function of a system that's completely overwhelmed and inadequate preparation i mean in tamil nadu where so uh, chennai now has over 6000 cases a day and where so what we're anticipating is that cases will dramatically go up in the next 10 days so we haven't even reached that period yet even now pri- major private hospitals are saying that their trucks with oxygen supply are coming just in time mgm which is this huge uh, multi specialty hospital hospital said today or yesterday that they expect to be in a serious oxygen crisis in literally just 10 or 15 days so this is and karnataka there have been multiple reports of deaths due to oxygen shortage so i mean one big lesson is that big hospitals should install those on site oxygen plants and that's what the scroll story was right that uh, they said that the prime minister announced 162 they finished only 30 but the thing is that these things are quick to deploy like the, there was that viral story on how france sent a plant it was installed in 18 hours in that hospital in delhi so things can be flown in and installed in a single day if the center really wanted to it wouldn't stonewall this process and it would it's baffling to me that they're not 
trying to source as many as possible. Instead, what is happening is that we're seeing our usual sort of sarkari feet dragging when it comes to foreign aid, stuff is being stuck at customs, uh, bureaucratic sort of hurdles that they should have sort of expedited at this point of time, and the kind of arguments and excuses that it's coming up with in court. I, I never imagined that like four weeks after all this began, we are still getting SOS messages and we are still seeing courts saying, why aren't you giving? And the court will say something else. And then the center will respond saying something else. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. Is there a political upside? Because I'm coming to increasingly of the view that Shah and Modi are great at making ads. But if you ask them to make the product, they don't even know what to do with the ingredients. And no one else has the guts to step in and say, guys, step aside, let me figure this out. Is Am I being too generous? Like, what's the political upside of being so completely incompetent that people are dying? I don't think it's upside. It's just arrogance. That's it. And I think they know that they're going to get out of this without losing support among people. I think they have this confidence in them that we're going to... This is not going to dent us politically. I don't know how. No, I I think they, they still believe that if they can control the perceptions... Uh, they will be able to hold the political power. So if you you, you just uh, notice when the oxygen thing happened, when 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 uh, the entire chaos started, uh, Modi had monkey bath, and in that monkey bath, they brought in a doctor, they brought in a nurse. So the doctor is telling Modi, "Ab ghavraiye mat, ye corona corona ke waves aate rehte hain, hum isko handle kar lenge." So so what what he wants people to here. So uh, that's what you know, he tried through his monkey bath. So I think it's, it's the, he still feels that if he can control the perceptions. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. You, you're absolutely right. Because even if you look at the mainstream media, it is what they're doing for him. They are still going on about how great Modi is, how hard he's working. And I think the faith is just that, that we can manage headlines, we'd be able to manage any crisis that comes our way. It's been, it's been image management right through. And it's gotten him all the way, you know, to the prime minister's office. So it's worked. It's worked very well. But even in the case of COVID, COVID management, last year in August, I had a, an academic paper published in the Asia Pacific Journal whose title was Image Management over COVID Management. All I did was look at what they'd done from the beginning of the crisis until about May last year. And basically, right from the beginning, all that happened was image management over COVID management. At that time, we were all lucky. But I guess for all of us collectively, luck has run out. So, you know, now we are truly Atman River. And if you can survive, you survive. You can't die. And you generally, I think I'm seeing among the Modi fans also, at least on Twitter, that's not an indication, but still like Smrita Prakash put out that tweet saying that just get us out of this mess, you know, and we don't care about who dies in Bengal, something like to that effect. And I think a lot of, uh, because I think everyone is genuinely scrambling for oxygen and genuinely worried and genuinely losing loved ones. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> across, like, Sachi mein, like, there was this meme, no, ki Hindu khatre mein hai. Mm. Matlab, genuinely Hindu khatre mein hai yaha pe. It is, majority, yeah, I mean, of, majority population, if that's their concern, then this is like the biggest khatra that we've ever been in. And imagine what it has led to. I mean, a black marketeering, uh, people are trying to, you know, get these oxygen cylinders from there. They don't even know how to operate those oxygen cylinders. I mean, today, if somebody gets ill at my house, now uh, the UP government is trying to, you know, provide uh, oxygen cylinders to the RWAs. But there is no doctor. So they, we don't know how much oxygen needs to be administered. You know, 
is complete chaotic uh, and and complete panic and black marketing i mean imagine ram desivir you are getting it for 35000 40000 rupees and and the state uh, i mean here i don't blame just the center in the delhi government is equally to be blamed here i mean they they can't control this yeah there's no so helpline there's nothing i mean i don't even I see what i would fully blame the center over i mean i think states are accountable state governments are accountable but i would still completely blame the center and also i do blame a lot of sections of the media that are still trying to find excuses for the prime minister's completely lack complete lack of action i mean i think the print had a story recently on how uh, poor modi needs to surround himself by he needs to sort of fire his group of ministers or find better people to advise him that's not the point the point is not that the prime minister is now struggling because he has fools who are advising him the point is that they are not looking at this as a priority and they're not willing to look beyond the pettiness of politics and how they look or how they perceived to actually help people i mean whilst is jay shankar sitting and holding meetings with ambassadors and high commissioners saying let's let's stem this negative tide of news why is he constantly talking about we need to control our image like who cares when the government's incompetence itself in karnataka is resulting in a lot of people dying but tejasvi surya has stuck to his guns now four other people have been arrested oh also one of the muslim names that he called out uh, that man isn't even part of the war room he's not employed there so he had to put out a statement on facebook saying uh, his name was khan something he said no i'm not part of this meanwhile there were whatsapp forwards being sent from some groups some right wing hindutva bjp groups and they all said here are the 17 terrorists that are killing hindus in bangalore so it's appalling like this is at a time when people are running out of oxygen in bangalore you cannot get a bed people are working overtime for this and you're using this to advance what is pretty much like a nazi sort of agenda as distraction from your own incompetence i i, mean, I don't have words to express how idiotic this entire thing was it's not horrifying but how much currency does this have in bangalore you know because we grew up with this mythology sold to us that oh you delhiites are villagers bangalore is so cool it is so hip it is so cosmopolitan all this well, they elected attitude. him so i, I mean i mean yeah. <laughs> but in the larger karnataka how make sense of it like cuz clearly this was a performance i mean he got there there were cameras muslim names read out and even someone as bigoted as him would know the optics of this he has to be very confident about how this would benefit them to do something so disgusting my thing is that what else do they have left right i mean in bengal what is what is the bjp doing the bjp is saying that the ethnic cleansing of hindus is happening they're saying that uh, bjp workers were gang raped and all that and then those bjp workers are now putting out statements saying no we weren't they when you have nothing else their their fallback plan is to make it about muslims versus hindus and muslims trying to kill hindus like this seems to be, it's i mean obviously i don't think they thought through the optics because this is a terrible sort of solution to your problems but this is something that they consistently do and uh, karnataka does have uh, uh, you know like like bengal and like assam and like everywhere in india there is a section of the population which which has uh, sort of been radicalized in hindu nationalist politics over the years and uh, in the case of karnataka it actually started quite long ago i mean that was the the first sort of uh, base uh, for the bjp in the south and uh, especially in the mangalore coast down down from udupi you know that that part of the coast they've had this thing going on for a long time you might remember the that uh, top attack in mangalore yeah, ramsene yeah. ramsene yeah. mangalore yeah ramsene Pram- so, so pramod mothalik have been there for a long time they've been around for a long time 
and yeah, I feel like we like to pretend that the South is better, and I do that all the time, but it's not. I mean, this this sort of ability to buy into these kind of Hindutva theories exists everywhere. It's in Kerala, it's in Tamil it's in Karnataka. Why people would people believe it? I mean, people are believing it. I feel like I I think I would personally have a lot of extended family members who would totally believe it. I would like to talk quickly about Kangana Ranawat's permanent deplatforming on Twitter, a permanent suspension. First of all, what is a permanent suspension? Doesn't the word suspension have temporary baked into it? No, suspension absolutely means uh, that to it's... To remove. No, no it is temporary, it which is why it's a temporary, no, it's, it's a permanent. Or a ban. Or a ban. Haan, because suspension is temporary, no, always. You're always suspended for a few days. Yeah, so that's what, so why do they call it a permanent suspension? Because you're permanently suspended. It's an Indianism. It's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think it's a more polite way to say a ban. Because yeah, a ban yeah, sounds like... Yeah, yeah. I see. little wicked... You have been permanently suspended. Yeah, that makes yeah, it's like very I remember in school, it. either you're suspended or expelled. Expelled means don't come back. Suspend means come back. So she's been expelled from Twitter. She's been not expelled suspended. From, or permanently suspended. <laughs> so also in the same week, yesterday, the, I don't know whether you guys know that there's an oversight board. In fact, we've done an interview. I've interviewed the Indian member of the oversight board of Facebook, which can actually overrule Facebook. That is the power given to it for cases of whether someone's been taken down or put up. But the fact that this one oversight board deals with one case every two months. I mean, I'm not sure how much it is cosmetic and how much real impact it'll have. Uh, they have also upheld Trump's ban, which was basically challenged uh, on Facebook that you can't ban his page. They have said, yes, you can. So how many of us think that this is double standards? Like Rahul Shankar said that, um, I'll just quote his tweet, what he said, but anyone has a view on this Kangana ban? Absolutely necessary. I have a conspiracy theory. I don't have a view. I think the government of India wanted her banned because she is now just super embarrassing for more because more what tweets. Has she said? Because in the tweet she's saying Modi show your Virat Roop of 2002 of early 2000. So she's she's right now just very embarrassing for the BJP government too. And I think they feel that before she says something stupid and permanently damages us by maybe she even knows some secrets about BJP that she can leak on Twitter or whatever. But she's basically a loose cannon. She's a liability for any political party. So I think the Modi government is also like, okay, just get her off now because it's, you know, even maybe for us, this is being a bit... If the IT minister gave a verbal order to Twitter to ban her, you know, as soon as this tweet came out, it is quite a, it, it may be a possibility. And it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for BJP. It's a win for Twitter. It's, it's a, a win for everyone. It's the perfect coup. All of you listening in, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.